You're listening to the Weekly Wrap-Up on Sprott Money News. Well, greetings again from SprottMoney.com. This is your Sprott Money News Weekly Wrap-Up. I'm your host, Craig Hemke. Joining us here on November the 25th, 2016 is Eric Sprott himself. Eric, good morning. Hey, Craig. A belated happy Thanksgiving. I uh, hope you're enjoying the long weekend down there. Trying to, though the gold and silver markets have us all pulling our hair out. A rather tough week again. In fact, it's been rather tough sledding ever since the election. How are you feeling about it all? Well, I, I still find it so ironic that we had our three hours of fame, right? Yeah. Price <laughs> of gold went up 50 or 60 bucks, which everyone said it would, if not more. And then it was over. And, of course, I ascribe what's happening to uh, the commercials, realizing we got to get off these shorts because gold should be going higher. And they just, there's a huge takedown in order to do that. And, of course, they can do it because they have unlimited amounts of money to throw at these markets. We've heard about, you know, $6 billion being sold in five minutes and $5 billion being sold in a minute and all that stuff. Well, you know, there's never a buyer around to that kind of size in the paper market. That would be a big buyer in the in the real physical market. Uh, so that, and of course, I I can't leave out the the Indian unrest in all of that. But it's been a yes, it's been a, a tough time for us all these uh, last few months. You mentioned those nasty commercials that uh, pretty much manage the Comex price. How's this one, Eric? Uh, at the beginning of the year, the total open interest on the Comex gold was 415,000 contracts. It ran all the way up to a high of 658,000 contracts, with speculators being long and commercials being short. And now, as of Wednesday, we're back down to 427,000 contracts. Sounds like just a wash-rinse cycle on a big scale. Well, that's exactly what it is. I mean, it happens every time. It's been so well documented that you know the speculators get taken to the cleaners, and speculators were referring to, I guess for the most part, hedge funds and other speculative funds that just get taken to the cleaners by these guys, you would think that they wouldn't go into the COMEX. And if they really want to own gold, just buy gold or some uh, instrument that has is, has a physical attribute to it rather than expending money in the COMEX, which is so levered that it's it's easier for the commercials to take advantage of you because you, you don't put up a very high margin. So with a very small decrease in price, you're forced to make a very, very tough decision. I need to I do I meet the uh, the uh, margin requirement? Do I get out? And of course, most of them tend to. There's a rule in trading: never need a margin call. You know, in other words, sell the underlying position. So that's been um, it's been very difficult. Uh, I've seen it so many times; it's it's sickening. It really is sickening. You have to watch this go on. Uh, but as you point out, the open interest is getting down. There was a huge open interest in December, which I think. The um, the cartel had to break that open interest. They've cut it down a fair amount. Uh, we still have a couple of days to go, a couple of trading days. Uh, and I would gather that if you take it down to low enough prices, of course, the guy's got a contract to buy it at 1200 1225 or 1250 He's not going to exercise it, right? Mm-hmm. And I think that was all part of, uh, part of what was going on because of this huge open interest that we had in December. They had to knock the price down. Now, unfortunately... You know, I'm not one of those guys that plays that sort of thing. I'm in it for the long haul here, and, uh, you know, we all suffer excruciating pain because of it. And, of course, the stocks are even more leveraged than the price of gold, and it's just been a horrendous uh, month here in November. Uh, but uh, the December options expire, I think, on uh, – not options. The COMEX contracts expire 
next week. So yep. hopefully we can see a rally beginning then. You know, we focus a lot on the COMEX price, the dollar-based price, but dollar in other cur- or gold in other currencies is doing what it should do. And we should talk a second about some of the other things that are going on around the planet that affect things on a bigger picture. How about that huge uh, percentage premium difference that now has opened up between the price in Shanghai versus the daily fixes in London? That's rather new, too. Yeah. We got a big number there. Uh, you would think it would... Uh leave lots of room for profitable arbitrage. And I have to presume that profitable arbitrage is going on. Of course, in the meantime, over any moment of time or a short period of time, the paper markets can just do whatever they want and forget the physical market for the time being until, of course, the end. Uh, but I guess we're not at the end yet. And uh, But those are signs of uh, strong physical demand the fact that the price in China has not gone down nearly as far as the, the spreads have widened out here. I think they're up to like 15 $17, something like that. Um, so it's a very positive sign. No doubt about it. If we turn our attention to Europe for a second, you know, there's all this noise about interest rates going up in the U.S., but interest rates in Europe are still deeply negative. In fact, this week, the two-year German Bund uh, fell again, the rate there. It's all the way down to negative 72 basis points. That Those negative rates aren't going anywhere fast, Eric, and that seems to be a pretty positive fundamental, especially for any European. Well, it's positive for the Germans, for sure. I don't think we're seeing quite the same effect in the, uh, in the lesser quality uh, credits over there, uh, Italy, Spain, Portugal, places like that. And it, it might just be, you know, a flight to safety, of which there seems to be a lot these days, including, uh, to some extent, theoretical flight to safety in the U.S. dollar, which has been as strong as can be. Um, Craig, I think the more interesting thing that uh, we have to keep our eye on is what's going on in India, which is a scene of sort of chaos these days with uh, the uh, change in, in the suspension of issuance of the 500,000 rupee note. Uh, and there's been, so, it's just chaotic there. I think there's been something like 24 different rules that have come out in the two and a half odd weeks that they instituted this thing, including one uh, suggestion today that if all of a sudden there was a large increase in, in somebody's bank deposit, that the government would take 60% of it and perhaps also impose a 40% penalty. So they're really, they're really after the black economy, which I find hilarious. I've actually had to spend some time looking at this, but the black economy for the most part is is very government oriented because it starts off with you gotta make payments to the politicians to get get their influence. In order to make the payments, you as a government employee have to get bribes, which is totally accepted over there. Everybody pays bribes. And so a lot of that hot money, in fact, is government money. That's the hilarious part about it. Uh, not to say that there isn't lots of black money in the private economy as well, because I think only 1.6% of the people in India pay taxes. Um, but it's, it's, it's just become crazy over there. And, of course, we've had this suggestion that they may ban imports of gold, uh, which would not be good for the gold price. It would be spectacular for the silver price, by the way. You couldn't begin to think how much buying of silver there would be if there was no gold available. Um, but it's a very fluid situation uh, we have a government that's kind of on the run here, and every day there's some new rule about what you can and can't do, but it's for sure uh, concerning those of us who are involved in the gold market because we're not sure where it's all going to uh, to end up in the in the final analysis. 
Yes, it's definitely a situation to keep an eye on. And even here at uh, ground level in uh, North America or in Europe or from wherever you're listening, to have a national government like that just decree out of the blue that some notes will no longer be legal tender should be a real eye-opener. It certainly makes you realize that, you know what, I think I'd much rather have my money in, in a physical metal than it would in a piece of paper. A piece of paper issued by the government, no doubt. Because, as it. you point out, you just change the value, or you negate it, or so um, it, it would be in the in the long run. It's going to be very, very powerful for gold, presuming that they allow gold imports. Uh, if they don't allow gold gold imports, ultimately, well, of course, we'll get back into the smuggling business big time, uh, because people are quite prepared to pay pretty high prices for gold uh, over there if they think it's. Uh, not in the sight of the government. They won't necessarily pay it at a jeweler's and have to hand in their personal identification card. But uh, I think the prices in the uh, the over-the-counter market, if you will, are have gone uh, pretty high over in India. You mentioned silver. Uh, let's make that, I guess, our last topic for today. It has been at least holding in there, Eric. It, uh, on my site, we talk about some support between 16 and 1650, and it seems to be holding very reasonably well. And it's getting some strength from copper, which is up again here on Friday. It's now up more than 30% on the year. When silver's still up, gosh, what, at least 15% year to date. Uh, could there be, I guess, even a, a base metal, industrial metal argument to silver if, in fact, we are heading off into some debt-fueled expansion here in the U.S. and around the yeah. world? Yeah. Well, of course, that argument holds that uh, industrial metals would go up, and in silver certainly an industrial metal, bar the effect of people on the COMEX over the short term. And, of course, mm -hmm. I think the biggest problem they have in COMEX is the short position in the in silver, quite frankly, more so than gold. I mean, it's a dis usually disproportionate short interest. I, I don't know what it's down to now, but, you know, it might be like half a year's supply of silver. They're still short. And, uh, you know, I think silver is getting a little tight. We had the U.S. Mint announce that they weren't going to sell any or manufacture any more, uh, no, so you can sell any more mm -hmm. uh, silver coins. Uh, for 2016, and they wouldn't start till sometime in 17. I don't know if they made a date when they would start. Not but usually. It's the typical year-end stuff, you know, when they restrict the supply uh, for a month. Uh, I think because there is solid demand for silver. Uh, and, of course, if India ever, ever did anything about gold, I mean, the silver price would go crazy on the upside if they didn't restrict gold imports. And, uh, sorry, silver imports. But I can't imagine anybody saying we're not about silver imports because silver is needed in any country. You know, it'd be very, very difficult to um, to regulate something like that. So, uh, silver is hung in there, but boy, when it goes down, it goes down fast and hard. It's all part of the the bombing process that the cartel has to try to cover their shorts. And I I'd actually wish that their shorts were covered in in a more rapid pace than uh, what we've seen in silver. I think gold's looking pretty good, but I think silver still has some some coverage to do here. So. We'll keep our fingers crossed that uh, the expiry of the Com COMEX contracts is uh, early next week, so maybe we'll get some traction after that. We'll get that behind us. We've got an employment report next Friday here in the U.S., and, of course, that looming FOMC meeting in December uh, as we <laughs> as we round the turn and head for home here in 2016. And uh, any final words of wisdom you'd like to pass along to everybody? Well, there's one thing that's, that's come up here. The world is talking about a, a dollar liquidity shortage. And it shows up in some currency swaps where, you know, the cost of converting uh, forward currencies, yen, euros, 
out three months is going up rapidly. And that then the Fed is kind of caught in the crosshairs here where all these foreign currencies and rates are going higher because of the aggressive policy of the Fed. Now, of course, we're talking about the Fed raising rates in December, and it might just be throwing fuel on the fire of higher rates throughout the world, Mm -hmm. uh, which would be very, very concerning because, as you know, at the margin, higher rates just decimate things. You know, like a a 1% increase in mortgage rates just kills the golden goose, okay? Mm -hmm. (laughs) I guess... Because when you're starting at 3% or 1% increases at 33% more interest payments, it just kills the golden goose. And there's some interesting articles about how real estate is looking very, very vulnerable. There was one particularly on, in Zero Hedge today about uh, Australia, how it's likely to fall apart here shortly. And, of course, we've seen the, um, the mortgage applications falling rapidly in the U.S. because of the interest rates. So it's a concern, and... Uh, the Fed's going to have a lot to think about uh, when they make that decision. So it'll be interesting to see uh, how they couch that. Makes you wonder, Eric, there's a lot of just a linear analysis out there that says, well, the U.S. now is fixed and interest rates are going higher and the dollar's getting stronger. And so therefore, you can just assume gold is going straight in the toilet. Uh, probably is not really going to work out exactly as most folks think. Well, you know, the worst part about thinking is thinking hasn't been very helpful lately. You know, look at all the thinking that went into the Trump presidency and how the market would crash and gold would go up and that didn't work. And it's almost like you have to realize that the thinking isn't really helping. It's what are the forces in the market, i.e., who's controlling things? And I, you know, have this sort of suspicion in the back of my mind that the plunge protection team came in when the futures were uh, limit down. And then they came in and shorted gold when it was almost limit up, if you will. Um, so thinking isn't hasn't really worked that much, <laughs> yep. um, but obviously logic must prevail someday, and I, I put it that way because in the short term, of course, uh, with all the forces that the uh, commercials and the central banks have, they can distort everything, as Mr. Trump has pointed out. When we have a, a phony economy here, which we do, we have a we, the economy is held together by low interest rates. Well, interest rates are going up here, so. It could get a little exciting uh, going forward if rates don't uh, cool down somewhat here. Unpredictable, I think, would be the word for 2017. We're not there yet, so we'll have to meet again next Friday and and see uh, how the world looks. Until then, Eric, thank you for your time this morning. And from all of us here at SprottMoney.com and Sprott Money News, thank you for listening. We'll talk to you again next week. <laughs> 